It's the Bradfield Weather Podcast, underwritten by McAllen Construction. McAllen Construction, from the first dig to the last nail. And remember, McAllen Construction also does snow removal, whether on private property or public property. I am Dan Lavallo. He is meteorologist Brad Field. And, well, I think it's appropriate we talk about uh, snow removal, Brad, because yeah, meteorological <laughs> winter starts today, December 1st. How about that? I, I, I'm pretty sure Dan and McAllen and all of the other uh, snow removal contractors across the state can take a little bit of a break until about December 10th. Uh, I am seeing at the end of this 10-day forecast a major, major shift in the weather pattern, Dan, that leads right into uh, my predictions for the winter of 2022 and 2023. Well, this is the much-ballyhooed winter forecast, the the much-anticipated forecast that you have given for decades. And uh, I, I know if, if you have a minute, how about reflecting on your career and uh, what it has meant to you as far as giving this long range winter forecast? Well, it's um, it's fun. I mean, um, I uh, I'm a very competitive individual. Uh, I pointed out about, uh, you know, coaching, uh, helping out coaching the uh, varsity at Granby Memorial High School and so forth. And you know, the, the, uh, competitive at bats that I want the, the kids to put up and so forth. Well, it's kind of competition for me too. It's kind of like me against the winter, me against mother nature. So I really do look forward to it, uh, Dan. And, um, I know a lot of the, uh, people that listen to the Bradfield weather podcast and who used to watch me on television would really, really get excited about the winter forecast. And, and, um, so yes, it, it's, um, it's a, it's an important day for me. Uh, I was saying to my wife this morning that, Hey, Dan's going to call around nine 30 and we're going to do the podcast. And I said, uh, today's the big day, the winter forecast. And she said, well, what are you predicting? And I told her, I'm not going to tell right now. And she said, um, how certain are you? And I said, quite, mm. quite. There are, there are some times that you look at it and you think there are just too many variables here and, and I'm not seeing it or I'm not really feeling it. But I think that this uh, winter forecast that I'm prepared to give you today, Dan, has a good shot of being right. Uh, I mean, you know, I kind of laugh at that. You know, obviously, when you're when you're making a forecast, you want it to be correct. But uh, this is kind of a tough thing. Uh, you know, you know, when I was in television, the most we ever did was ten days. Uh, and the most we ever did was for Connecticut. Well, now we're a bit more re. Excuse me, Dan. We're a bit more regional now. We do not only Connecticut, but we do all of New England. And it's not only for 10 days you're asking me. You're asking me for December of 2022, January of 2023, February of 2023, and March of 2023. (laughs) Now, I believe I am a very good short-term meteorologist. And I think I'm good 
in predicting snow and ice. That was always sort of my specialty. And uh, people would come to me for that. They, we, we would always notice a bump up in the ratings at NBC Connecticut whenever uh, big weather was coming in. And that all started back around 2011 when we had the, uh, the October snowstorm. Yeah. And then in um, autumn of uh, of uh, 2012, that would be Hurricane Sandy. Right. And then remember February of 2013, uh, the greatest 24-hour snowfall in Connecticut mm-hmm. history when Ansonia received over three feet of snow in one 24-hour period. Uh, all of these events... NBC Connecticut spiked to number one in the ratings. So obviously they were turning to me for the weather uh, in these short fused winter storm situations. Now, when we go a longer term, I do not think I'm a specialist, but as a meteorologist and a professional meteorologist who's attended many seminars and uh, many professional meetings and so forth, there are people you get to know. Uh, like I could tell you, I know meteorologists in every state, Dan, but there are meteorologists that are really good at looking at various things, putting it all in a mix and figuring it out and coming up with a winter forecast or a long-term forecast, not necessarily for winter, but long-term. And you look at things like, is it El Nino or is it La Nina? Um, What about the volcanic activity in the past year? Uh, What about sunspot activity? What about the Siberian snow cover in the fall? going into that uh, winter season. And there are these people that take those and other factors and put them all together to make a seasonal forecast. And I'd like to name a few for you, Dan. And um, if the folks at home want to grab a pen or something and and jot, jot down their names and uh, how you, how you can follow them and so forth. Uh, One uh, gentleman is named Dr. Judah Cohen And uh, his first name is spelled J-U-D-A-H, and his last name is spelled C-O-H-E-N. And he is with AER, which is Atmospheric and Environmental Research. And he makes winter forecasts based on Siberian snow cover. Now, you might think, well, what does that have to do with anything? Well, uh, snow begets snow. Snow is white. So it reflects incoming sunlight or incoming solar radiation that would heat up the ground. So the whiteness of the snow is one thing. Snow is a refrigerant. So if you have snow on the ground, the ground is going to be colder than if there's no snow on the ground. And he uses these Siberian uh, measurements of snow cover and uh, makes seasonal forecasts largely based on them. And you can see his work at Judah Cohen. I spelled it for you before, J-U-D-A-H-C-O-H-E-N.org. So um, an interesting and uh, very uh, 
learned learned man. I mean, you look at some of his work. I was reading some of it this morning, and even being a meteorologist of my experience of over four decades of experience, Dan, a lot of it went right over my head. I mean, he he uh, delves into things deeply. So if you're interested in looking at his stuff, uh, go to his website. Another gentleman who who very much like me started off on television and now is a meteorologist specializing in prediction of extreme weather events. His name is Larry Cosgrove. And you can get Larry's uh, work on um, any of the social media, such as I'm, I am on Twitter. Uh, just Google his, uh, not Google, just search his name, uh, Larry Cosgrove. No, no tricky spelling there. And then um, you can go, uh, just uh, search his name on Facebook and Instagram and LinkedIn. I'm, I, I believe I follow him on LinkedIn and Twitter. And then there's another uh, meteorologist at AccuWeather. He's a senior meteorologist, Paul Pastelik. And he makes these uh, winter time predictions. NOAA uh, makes their prediction, the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration. They make their predictions, Dan, largely based on is it El Nino, is it La Nina, or is it neutral? And based on what you typically see in a winter pattern. Dan, we are in an ongoing La Nina. And if it persists throughout the winter of 2022 and 2023, it would be the third consecutive La Nina winter in a row. So that is one thing that factors into um, to my winter forecast. So I wanted to throw that out there first, Dan. Okay. Um, it's kind of like if I was doing a report, the bibliography, I, I kind of gave right. you the bibliography, like, uh, you, you know, and, and the foot footnotes. Who am I citing? Who am I looking at? Well, let me Who let me toss, like to if, if I can toss this in for just a minute, because uh, I am sure you're factoring all of this into your calculations. But uh, Matt Lanza tweeted. I don't know if you follow Matt on Twitter, but he tweeted forecast NAO Greenland blocking values are forecast in some modeling to dip below minus three next week. That has never happened in December per NOAA. And only five other daily instances back to 1950 exist. Yes, I I I, I saw the uh, NAO, the North Atlantic Oscillation, what uh, you're referring to as the Greenland block, Dan, and it goes extraordinarily negative as we head toward the middle of December. Now. If that was the only ingredient in the pie, I would say, oh, my goodness, winter Armageddon is about to happen <laughs> uh, when, when I see that. But there are other factors that you have to calculate in. Uh, for one thing, I told you when I was uh, working in the 1990s with my weekend meteorologist named Art Horn, who was very well known and very well liked across Connecticut. Art did a little bit of research. Uh, our weather records go back to 1905, Dan. And you look at winters that were La Nina winters. You look at winters that were El Nino winters. And you look at winters that were Enso neutral. And 
we found in arts research that winters that were neutral, La Nina is just think of it as cold waters in the tropical Pacific, colder than what's average. El Nino, warmer than what's average water temperatures in the tropical Pacific. And Enso neutral, just right. It's kind of the Goldilocks of, <laughs> of uh, what, what, and what that does is it impacts the downstream jet stream pattern of ridge, trough, ridge, trough, all around the globe. Art found when we go Enso neutral, we get our snowiest. So we only correlated, what is it? Is it La Nina, El Nino, or neutral? And what do we get for snow? We found in arts research that we get the most snow in neutral winters. Mm. Now, let me give you this, Dan. This is unusual that this is the third La Nina winter in a row. I think from reading all the things I've read, that La Nina will weaken as we go through the winter, and it may trend toward neutral. Mm. If that happens toward the end of the winter, we could have some big storms. And there's other reasons I have that in my mind, too, and I'll explain those in a minute. But now let's get back to what you just said. Uh, the sighting about the the negative uh, North Atlantic oscillation, in other words, the Greenland block. You get that massive blocking over Greenland and then up toward the Arctic Circle. What that is, is essentially a huge ridge in the atmosphere. We are downstream of that huge ridge. So what would that imply here? It would imply a huge trough. Now, what would fill in the trough? Cold air coming down from the north. Now, the snow fields are becoming incredibly well established across Canada right now. They're not here yet, but we talked about the snow reflecting the, the incoming solar radiation. We, we talked about the snow as refrigerant on the ground, making the air colder, especially at night, which freezes the rivers quicker. We already talked about that last week, Dan, in our podcast about why did Buffalo get all the snow right. so early? This is where we have the big contrast between the water temperature of the Great Lakes and that Arctic cold that was pouring across them. When the Arctic, when the Great Lakes freeze or start to freeze, there's no more contrast. The lakes essentially become land masses. So there's no difference in identity there. So um, the that that is I, i'm kind of losing myself in my thoughts because i have so many but the but the thing about the going with the strong um negative nao that implies with the, the downstream troughing here the cold air filling in that trough that we are going to get a much colder December than we had last December. Now, I went back and I looked at a couple of things, okay? Last December, Dan, 5.4 degrees above average wow. for the December temperature. Hmm. You know what that did for the snow? 
We only had 4.2 inches of snow in last December. December. Right. Hmm. right. And normally the weather records, like I say, kept since 1905, we have 10 inches in the month of December. Now keep that in your head. We were 5.4 degrees above average last December, and we had 4.2 inches of snow. December 2020, we were only 1.1 degree above average, but we had 13.3 inches of snow. So the, the point here is when we get closer to the average temperature for December, the snow totals go up to average and even blast past average. Now let's go back one more year. December 2019, we averaged 0.9 degrees below average per day. So in other words, about a degree uh, colder than what the normal nighttime low is, about a degree colder when than what the daytime high is. That winter, Dan, December 2019, 22 inches of snow. Now that was at Bradley. I'm sure up your way in Torrington, right. it was much, much more yeah. than that. So my point being here, I am looking at this and I am seeing what you just saw when through your reading um, and uh, the, the, uh, the, the in, in um, units you, you cited, I believe minus three right. on the, the, um, the yeah. NAO scale NAO, right. and cited that as only happening. What five times since 1950 or something. Correct. Okay. I saw the same thing. I did not have that background that you read about, but I saw the same thing and said, oh my goodness, this is wicked blocking occurring in Greenland, which would be huge ridging, which would induce huge troughing here. I see a cold December coming and you might you know, in the next week or so, the first week of December here, you're going to say, Brad is nuts. Well, Saturday, it's Saturday, well, it's supposed you, to go into the fifties, right? On Saturday, right, you, might, you might say, love the guy, but Brad is nuts. <laughs> but, um, I, right, Dan, it is going to go into the fifties on Saturday and it's going to go into the fifties once or twice next week. But we have a series of cold fronts coming. The snow pack in Canada is almost continent. It's almost coast to coast and it's growing. That is going to lead to more cold air. This ridging up in, uh, up in the Northern climates from Greenland on up toward the Arctic circle is going to force that cold air further to the South. We are going to have a cold December. I'm not saying I would bet the house on it, but I would come, I would bet a large, I'm not a better, but I would, I'm cheap. You'd bet the but garage. I would bet, uh, excuse me? You'll bet the garage. I'll bet the garage. There you go. Or the, the shed out back. Or the shed out back. All right. <laughs> but um, in any case, Dan, it's going to be a cold December. So if you look at those, those two correlations I gave you of last winter being way above average temperature, snow totals being way down. Then the previous two winters was a smidge above, one degree above and one degree below. And what did we end up having? 
one to two feet of snow during the month of December. So I would say one to two feet of snow coming up this December. And I'm quite confident in that. And, and, and we're starting, uh, you know, we're starting off bad because you could argue the first third of the month, if we divide it into December 1st through 10th, you know, 10th through 20th and 20th through the end of the month, uh, we're starting off with the first third being warm, but I think that it's going to more than make up for it in the middle part of December and at the end part of December. And if you had, if you made me bet right now, I would say white Christmas Wow! right now. Hmm. Yeah. I I'm feeling pretty good about it. Okay. Now we could play this tape back on Christmas Eve and go, Brad, you kind of blew it. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, actually I'm, I'm, I'm feeling, uh, quite strong about this prediction. We'll get back to more of the Bradfield weather podcast, including Brad's winter weather forecast in just a moment. But I want to talk a bit about McAllen Construction Company, underwriters of the Bradfield Weather Podcast. McAllen Construction is a full-service construction company centrally located in Prospect, Connecticut, and servicing the entire state for more than a quarter of a century. On call 24-7, 365 days a year. McAllen Construction is a woman-owned small minority business, residential and commercial building projects, and snow removal. And I'm here to tell you, after you hear Brad's winter weather forecast, snow removal is going to be utmost on your mind. McCallum Construction is licensed as a major contractor, new home construction contractor, plumbing and piping limited P7, home improvement contractor, and subsurface sewage installer, utility, carpentry, excavation, and snow removal for residents, commercial businesses, and state and local governments. So keep McAllen Construction utmost in your mind, whether it's for snow removal or for your residential and commercial building projects. McAllen Construction, you can call them at 203-758-3474, 203-758-3474, or you can visit McAllen Construction online. McAllenConstructionCT.com. McAllen Construction CT.com. McAllen Construction, from the first dig to the last nail. Underwriters of the Bradfield Weather Podcast. Let's get into the winter forecast. What, what does it look like? What, it, what, what do you see? Well, if you start off with what uh, NOAA is going with, National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, they're going with a straight La Nina profile. When La Nina is occurring, what happens in the United States? And what happens in the United States typically is it's cold in the Pacific Northwest through the North Central U.S., like places like um, Minnesota and North Dakota. And it's typically warm throughout the South and up along the Eastern Seaboard. So that's, that's one prediction that I looked at. Uh, I don't agree with it, but I looked at it. All right. One other point I want to point out to you, Dan, that I I looked at last year is, you know, in hurricane season, the hurricane forecasters are always warning you, uh, don't go by the number. Like, 
maybe we're down in tropical storm and hurricane action in any given year. But if in that given year, a storm hits your state, that was a bad hurricane season. So change that over to a blizzard. Late January last year, we had a storm bearing down on southern New England, and there were all kinds of predictions. I'm not exactly sure what we predicted here, Dan, on the podcast. I, I really don't, uh, you know, check myself and go back and look. Uh, you know, you give it your best effort, right. then you move on to the next at bat. You know, you yep. you struck out, but now I'm coming up again. And I'm going to hit a home run this time. Right. But the blizzard of uh, January 29th, 2022. Listen to this as you progress across southern New England. Boston, Logan Airport, on the 29th of January of this year, 23.5 inches of snow in Boston. One day, you come a little bit further to the west from Worcester south to Providence. Worcester, 14.7 inches. Providence, 18.8 inches. Now, you get in your car and you drive 50 miles west of Providence to Hartford, 6.8 inches. So my point is there was a blizzard on the map last year. And instead of getting two feet, we got a half a foot. But the blizzard was there. It hit. And it hit very, very close. So what I'm saying to you is my winter forecast could be off by a foot and a half. Right. If if I'm predicting a couple of blizzards to hit and one blizzard gives us six inches here, but two feet in Boston. Mm -hmm. So you see the, the right. difference there. It's just where the heavy banding sets mm -hmm. up and so forth. Mm -hmm. That's one thing to consider. Another thing that we have to consider, and I do not know what the consequences of this will be, but the Hunga Tonga volcano, you go back and look at some of the winters, um, and it was in the 1800s, I think in 1815 and 1816, there was a volcanic uh, eruption called Krakatoa. And it put so much volcanic ash and soot into the stratosphere, the upper levels of the atmosphere, that the sun gives us 100% of our heat energy. That's how we get our heat. Right. You're cold in your house, Dan. You walk over to the thermostat and you turn it up. You're hot in your house. You go over to the thermostat and turn it down. Well, we cannot turn the sun up and down. The sun burns, but not at a constant temperature. The the the, the it, it depends on sunspots and and solar activity and all of that, which has to calculate into a winter forecast because essentially the sun is our thermostat. If something is preventing the sun from getting in, 
for example, if I had every shade in my house closed, you know, all the curtains closed, we would get no sunlight coming into the house. Hence, we wouldn't get any warming from the sun coming into the house. Same thing with all this volcanic ash and soot in the upper levels of the atmosphere. If 100% of the heat energy is destined for the planet Earth and 10% of it is getting refracted back out into space by the volcanic ash and soot, what's going to happen? The Earth is going to get colder. And the winter of, excuse me, the summer of 1816 and I believe I have the year right. I will double check it, but it, no one was alive to prove it. But um, it, it was known as the year without a summer in New England, Dan. That volcanic ash and soot spread around the world, around the globe, refracted so much of the incoming solar radiation back out into space that the globe cooled such that in New England, there are accounts of people wearing sweaters during the months of July and August, because, you know, we, we think now a t-shirt is too much to wear in July and August typically, but they were wearing sweaters because it was so cold. So you've got the effects of what happened just this year, the Hunga Tonga volcano, but it put, because it was in the ocean and not on a land mass, instead of, tremendous amounts of volcanic ash and soot you had a lot of water vapor go up into the atmosphere water vapor can act as a greenhouse gas and the impact of that could yield milder weather on the globe so i look into this camera and say honestly i do not know There are things that we don't know that we can admit that I think the thing that bothers a lot of us, meaning meteorologists out in the professional community, is people think they know all the answers to everything. And um, yeah, the the climate change is is signed, sealed, and delivered 100% certainty or whatever. I believe there's a lot that we just don't know and there are so many variables like i said what if the sun starts burning at a lower temperature what about all this volcanic ash and water vapor now up into the atmosphere there are a lot of things you could argue that uh climate change or global warming as it was called a couple decades ago would evaporate more water vapor off the oceans, which the globe is made up of 75% ocean, make more cloud cover across the whole globe, which would in essence cool the globe. So, you know, you might have the idea, right, that more solar radiation is coming in, but you got the answer wrong. That used to happen to me on meteorology exams a lot. (laughs) I'd, I'd, I'd have the theory right, but I'd get the answer wrong. So there's a lot of things that, Dan, we just do not know. So I'm going to put that Hunga Tonga volcano into the unknown category. Okay. Another thing that I do know is that contrast is what fires up storms. So now as that snowpack that we talked about in Canada expands down into the United States, 
and gets, you know, all over New England right. and all over the Great Lakes and Northeast, not just Buffalo, <laughs> the, the whole area gets covered in snow. The cold air will come further south and the cold air will come further south such that by the time we get into February and March, guess what? The cold air is going to be down around Mississippi, Alabama, Louisiana. So you got the Arctic cold getting down there toward the end of the winter because the snowpack keeps growing. But what else? The Gulf of Mexico is crazy warm. If 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 our normal ocean water temperature say off Nantucket this time of year is 45. Say it was 55. Right. You would say that is crazy warm for the time of year. Well, crazy warm is happening in the Gulf of Mexico and all the waters around the Florida and Georgia coastline. So we've got that there. Warmer, way warmer than average. Now, if you bring down way colder than average temperatures and you put them in this little one, one or 200 mile distance and you've got it really cold over Alabama, Mississippi and Louisiana in February and you've got it really warm in the Gulf of Mexico as it should be for the time of year you're going to spin up big storms because of that contrast and, you're talking about exactly usually Dan in a normal winter we have to look at that contrast between the Gulf Stream waters and um and the Arctic air coming over the land masses this year, I suspect the action is going to take place a lot more frequently and a lot closer to home than than a couple hundred miles off in the Atlantic, where we have to watch the track and yo, oh, gee, if the storm backs a little more to the west, it might come might throw its heavy snow back into Connecticut. I see a lot of big storms coming up the coast. So a lot of nor'easters. A lot of nor'easters yeah, is what you're saying. Especially, especially especially I think in February and March. So I, I do sort of believe that December is going to set the table. It's going to set the table by being cold and putting down a lot of snow across a lot of the country. So we got a lot of snow across a lot of the country. The refrigerant, the snow is going to force the warming much more to the South and suppress it to the South. Remember, we always talked about the 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 cold air, kind of like the big lineman, right. uh, the the offensive line for the Giants or the Patriots or whatever. You know, you see these three hundred pound men <laughs> pushing, pushing the. You know, the warm air is not going to. And I always try to label the warm air like a lazy person. You know, the warm air kind of runs up against resistance and says, "Oh, I've come far enough. I'm not going to try to go any further." And <laughs> That's what always happens, and, and that's what always happens to a non-experienced New England forecaster. They think that because the computer model has it so warm, they think the warm front is just going to bomb through New England, and, and what ends up happening is you get a northerly wind of three miles per hour, a surface temperature of 28 or 29 degrees, and freezing rain, um, and and. You know, the, you get these guys that have no experience in this area predicting that it'll be 55, windy and raining. Uh, be, but the but the lazy person that I cited moves right up to Long Island Sound and then encounters the snow and the cold over Connecticut and the rest of New England goes, 
I think I'll just stay here. Yeah. And the warm front just stays right along the sound. <laughs> it doesn't come up. And it, it happens almost all the time. And and we get uh, we get the warm air breaks through like five minutes before the storm ends. And then all of a sudden the wind shifts into the northwest and the temperature is dropping again. So that is a big consideration, Dan. The Gulf of Mexico, water temperature warm. The ocean water off the southeast coast of the United States warm. As the Arctic air moves south, as the winter progresses, the snow fields expand. The contrast between the cold land and the warm ocean is going to, you said the word, Dan, spin up nor'easters. And I see them coming in February and March especially. So if you had to put a bow on your winter forecast, then how would you summarize it? All right. I think the winter forecast will be cold. Um, I, I know uh, if, we, if we start off with meteorological winter being December 1st and going through um, December, January, and February, uh, it will be cold. But if we go through astronomical uh, winter, December 21st or 2nd or whatever it is through March 21st or 22nd, I think it will be even colder because I do see trending La Nina to neutral. And um, I do see cold December with snow ramping up to perhaps some big snow toward the end of the winter. Now you asked for a bow. Let's do it this way. If we live along the Connecticut shoreline, the I-95 corridor, we typically see two and a half to three feet of snow. Let's say, uh, you know, approximately 30 to 35 inches. I would think it's going to be something like 40 to 45 wow. inches along the Connecticut shoreline. Mm. And you come up to the Hartford area, You've got anywhere from three and a half feet to four feet of uh, snow, typically 40 to 45 inches in a normal winter in the Hartford area. I think it's a solid 50 to 55. Then you come up to your area, Dan. Um, I normally get maybe six feet of five to six feet of snow in a winter. I'd say you're looking at six to seven feet of snow mm, this winter. So I do see colder than average temperatures by a couple of degrees maybe especially in astronomical winter because i think march will be cold and you don't really get a reading of march in meteorological winter um so i think it's cold and i also think it's above average snowfall for the winter season and you know you you base it on all these variables that i i threw out there but uh, again, you should go read Larry Cosgrove. Uh, you should read Judah Cohen. Uh, very, uh, very knowledgeable professionals that I respect very much. Okay. Uh, of a more immediate note, uh, the weather map as we flip the calendar to December 1st is interesting on this date. So what does it look like on the weather map? Yeah, Dan, um, we, we're cold out there today. Uh, no question about it. We've got high pressure in the Appalachians. We've got a brisk, cold northwest flow. And I think temperatures today are going to stay between 36 and 42 across the state all day long. So we've got a cold day. Now, you see my hat? 
<laughs> yep. Big game tonight. All right. We're, yep. we're playing tonight. <laughs> the uh, New England Patriots against the Buffalo Bills at Foxborough. It's going to be brisk and it's going to be cold. Uh, temperature, you'll see everybody bundled up at, in the in the stadium. Uh, temperatures will be dropping from the 30s into the 20s, and there will be a brisk breeze overnight. Uh, for tomorrow, Dan, the high-pressure system moves to around Atlantic City. We're kind of in the middle of the ridge, so sunshine, not much wind. Temperatures up into the 40s. Uh, Bradfield planning on perhaps putting out the snow stakes tomorrow. It'll be a nice day to, to get any outdoor uh, decorating done, any outdoor work you need to do prior to the winter. Uh, Saturday, the 3rd of December, we've got a strong cold front approaching from the west. We'll have a strong southerly wind. As you mentioned, Dan, mild up into the 50s again with showers and windy conditions on Saturday. On Sunday, we turn colder again. High pressure in West Virginia, mixed sun and clouds, breezy. Temperature similar to today. 36 to 42 on Sunday. So definitely the uh, brighter day is Sunday, but definitely the colder day is Sunday. High pressure uh, located over Virginia and West Virginia on Monday. Uh, sunshine temperatures into the 40s. Tuesday, we've got a complex system coming at us. Ultimately, though, it will take a track that yields rain. The primary storm will come out of the Great Lakes. A secondary storm will try to form on the North Car uh, excuse me, on the New Jersey coast, but I don't see it happening. I think the primary holds ultimately moves into northern Maine. Ultimately, it gets mild here briefly. So I see um, on Tuesday maybe some rain and snow showers. And up your way, Dan, it could snow for a couple hours or something. But then I think it turns to just showers. The mild air ultimately wins. We get have a cold frontal passage on Wednesday, December 7th. I call it a day that will live in infamy, Dan, uh, not because of Pearl Harbor, but of course, because of Pearl Harbor. But also, it was the day I had my first date with my wife, uh, Sandy. <laughs> How about so that? I always tell her December 7th is a day that will live in infamy. <laughs> but I have another meaning toward that. And then on uh, Thursday the 8th, so in other words, when you and I are sitting down to do our next right. podcast, Dan, we're in a strong northerly flow, temperatures in the upper 30s. Say that ain't much for December 8th. But guess what? The Arctic front is poised right on, and I can see it perfectly. Mm. It's poised right on the Canada-New England border, and it's plunging south so that by Friday late, Friday, it's in the teens and windy. Mm. The wind's howling out of the north. And on Saturday, December 10th, high temperature only in the low to mid-20s. So the Arctic air is here. Everything will start freezing up and icing up. And the next storm that comes along after that, very, very, very good chance of being a snowstorm. Okay. Wow. Well, I think number one on my list is to make sure my snowblower is fine-tuned and ready to go because it's going to be put to use quite frequently this winter. That's what I'm, that's what I'm sensing anyway, after our conversation. That's what you're gleaning. I think, <laughs> I think, I, I think that's what you're picking up what I'm putting down. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it, uh, it should be interesting. Anything else we'd like to add before we wrap up the podcast, Brad? 
Well, Dan, you know, as I get older and, and hopefully wiser, the, the, the years just seem to fly by. I cannot believe it's already December. I can't either. Um, and uh, just uh, really try to take in and enjoy the time with yes. your family and friends over the holiday season. And uh, my only advice would be to slow it down a little mm. bit. I mean, um, you just just take it easy. The the uh, it's not worth. I, you, you find this out as you get older, but it's not worth getting all worked up about. It's not. Um, You're right. Things always seem to work yeah. out, that, don't they? They sure do. Absolutely yeah, right. And, uh, you, you learn that kind of late in life, but I've just had that sort of adjustment in the last year or so. I'm starting to embrace the fact that I'm getting older and embrace the wisdom and so forth. That and put up advice. with the occasional aches and pains. Right. You know, that goes with the territory. <laughs> and and the occasional heartbreaking loss from your favorite teams. Oh my goodness. Wouldn't it be sweet if we got a nice win tonight? Oh, um, that would be something. You know, they're uh they're knocking on the playoff yeah. door. I'd like to see them try to get a wild card, but yeah. tough schedule the rest of the way. But a big game tonight. Well, that said, Brad, uh, uh, enjoy the game. And, uh, of course, our winter uh, podcast will be posted not only on BradfieldWeather.com, also have it on YouTube. We also show the video on BradfieldWeather.com, in addition to you on a daily basis updating the forecast. It's all there right on the website, BradfieldWeather.com. So. Yep, love to do it every morning when I'm having my coffee, Dan. I'm I'm working on that forecast that I ship off to you, and you post it for us, and uh, and uh, much appreciation for that. Well, Brad, to you and Sandy and our podcast audience, uh, have a a great week, and uh, we'll talk again next week. All right, to you and Susan, Dan, and um, you know if people are watching us on the YouTube um, uh, videos. I do not know what I am doing <laughs> in terms of anything techni technical, because when I was in TV for th the 37 years I was in TV, the production people did everything for you. They literally shined your shoes for you. I mean, they did everything. And I know nothing about how light should be properly placed. So incrementally, we're getting better with these videos. Dan told me before we started that, yeah, you know, you're doing a little better with the lighting than it was last week. And yeah, the audio is a little better than it was last week. We're getting there. We're getting there slowly, but it's just simply because I don't know what I'm doing. Well, I mean, it's it's the world of multitasking. Now you've got situations where your local television station's production crew isn't located on site. They're located someplace down in Atlanta, Georgia. The whole dynamic has changed it's crazy Dan. i told you this before and i'll say it again you and i were so lucky we lived in the heyday yep. of radio and television i mean people were riveted to listening to you and brad davis in the morning list the no school cancellations yep. Now that that is dinosaur. Now no one listens to the radio for school cancellations. <laughs> I mean, you know, you you would be listening to Bob Steele saying Avon Public yeah. Schools, <laughs> Andover Public Schools, and then you say, "My God, I live in Woodstock. It's right. going to take him a half an hour yeah, to get yeah, to exactly. the W's." He'd always he'd always go. <laughs> deep river <laughs> dan well it's always a pleasure to talk to you and you and susan have a terrific weekend and uh and you know thanks for putting the i think a lot of people i always say new englanders are closet snow lovers yes they won't admit it 
They'll say, oh, the snow, the snow, <laughs> but they love it. They love it. That's why they live here. So uh, the closet snow lovers are going to love this forecast. Terrific. All right, my friend. Be well. We'll talk again soon. You the- too, Dan. Bye-bye. Thank you. The Bradfield Weather Podcast has been underwritten by McAllen Construction. McAllen Construction from the first dig to the last nail. And remember, McAllen Construction also will do your snow removal.